0: The danger in never being satisfied is that you can literally never be satisfied. You can, you can be achieving all these great things and you can have life around you that's prosperous and healthy and positive, but you could always just be looking at the next thing. You know, Always be looking at how much more can I do? How much more can I earn? Can I push myself harder to this next limit? And the danger there is you just end up not living in the present. You end up not appreciating the things that you've worked hard for.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today MDV Matt DeLaValle is back on the mic and we're talking about having no time for bullshit. If that made you a little nervous, made you a little queasy, made the butterflies go a little crazy in your tummy, I highly suggest you stick around for today's episode. The goal is not to have it be a trigger warning, but rather allow you to look at areas of your life where you might be able to take some personal responsibility and really make some sustainable change. Something I love about MDV is that he not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk and he does so through accountability. You'll see on his social media channels, different conversations around there being no time for bullshit, whether that is fitness, nutrition, your personal relationships, anything and everything in between, and how sharing that with his audience keeps him accountable, keeps him scrutinizing his life through this lens of no time for bullshit and how he carries it out in his day to day. Another area of my life where I have no time for bullshit is my hydration. Thanks to Element, I am able to stay hydrated and keeping my life on track without added sugars or any of the other bullshit that's in these hydration supplements. Grapefruit is back. My favorite flavor. Be sure to get your hands on it or try a sample pack. Just pay for shipping, get all of those delicious flavors, and then pick your favorite and order a full box. All of the ways to get your hands on delicious salty Element is in the show notes. So be sure to hit that link. And until next week, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. MDV is back in the house. I had so many people reach out, especially those that follow me based on kind of more of my fitness background that I had before I went full-fledged woo psychology. So I... (laughs) I'm so psyched because you speak to so much of that audience and I'm really excited to get your input on things. Last time we talked quite a bit about identity and different phases of life. And today it's kind of circling back. We chatted a little bit before the show about training through injuries and what injuries do to the self, how physical health impacts mental health and anything and everything in between. So as always, MDB, super excited to be sharing the mic with you.
0: Very cool. I'm glad to be back. I'm, I'm stoked that the first episode got an, a nice reception from your audience. And um, yeah, I mean, we can definitely have a conversation about identity and injury and you know, what's going on uh, from a mindset of somebody who um, obviously physical performance is really, really paramount to the things that I do in my life, whether or not it's just being able to get up in the morning and feel spry and feel agile and feel athletic. Um, or coaching other individuals and how to demonstrate movements and what to do, whether or not you're injured. And there's also a lot that gets wrapped up in uh, physical performance, I think, in terms of just how we view ourselves and then, you know, everything that comes from it, what we're able to do or not do and the aesthetics that are associated with, you know, having to take time off and dealing with that whole mess inside your head. It's a really interesting conversation and very relevant for me right now. So I'm stoked.
1: Yeah. For people that aren't familiar, A, how is it that fitness impacts your life so much from what you do professionally to personally and everything in between? And then also what happened in your life for this injury and how it's totally like exploded that?
0: Yeah. Um, So a little bit of background. I was a very, very athletic person growing up. Uh, I was always active, played a lot of sports growing up. Um, You know, wrestled in high school, did a few other things in high school, but really found my love for training, um, just physical training, putting myself through the, the paces very early on and um, used a lot of that to get myself ready for an ocean lifeguarding job and did that for a really long time. And of course, not only do you want to be ready for that job, but you also want to look good with your shirt oh, yeah. off. summer. So, you know, who doesn't want to um, bring the abs to the beat? So that was a, a, a big focus for me was just training to be in shape. Um, I always would be doing road races. I got into strength and conditioning. So mixing a lot of things up and then eventually found uh, CrossFit in about 2006. And my training prior to that had looked a lot like CrossFit already. I was already mixing all these different modalities, putting them all together. I trained with intensity a lot. So it was a really nice, perfect match for me. Um, You know, unfortunately in about 2008, I had a pretty devastating ankle injury. Um, I was playing sports and, you know, the ankle just gave out on me. I went to pivot one way and the ankle went the other and, uh, had to go through a lot of PT and a lot of like restructuring that ankle to get it back online. And I came back to fitness probably a little bit too soon. Being a little too over ambitious was lifting heavy and my balance, my body was just imbalanced. I was putting all of my Loading onto one side of my body and trying to push through it. And uh, eventually, some stuff gave in my spine. Um, And that was around 2008, 2009. And I dealt with an L4, L5 disc injury that was kind of ongoing for a few years. And very luckily, through PT and seeing a lot of people who, um, you know, therapeutically helped me rehab that injury, I didn't have to have any sort of invasive surgery. And for the most part, I lived relatively pain free for many, many years and was able to get back to putting my body through essentially whatever I wanted to put it through all sites, all sorts sorts of punishment, excuse me. And, um, didn't really invest as much in the rehabilitative and prehabilitative side of things as I probably should have over the years. Did some of it definitely not as much as I, as I should have done with the amount that I was training. So, um, it just, time caught up with me, whether or not it was age or time under tension or the amount of volume or repetition that I was doing and ignored a few things more recently, about six months to a year ago, just started to ignore a little bit of nagging pain. And eventually my body just told me that it was time to stop. And that's where I'm at right now. I have some hip pain going on that they think is referring from my back, but have to look into the imaging of the hip to see whether or not anything is compromised in the actual joint. Um, Long story short, I went from being extremely active, extremely capable, doing jujitsu multiple times per week, you know, working out, doing bodybuilding, doing weighted rucking, going on all sorts of adventures with my body and came to a pretty screeching halt in the past couple of months. So we've had to make a lot of adjustments.
1: Yeah. I, I remember going through my injury in 20, Oh man, when was that? 15 ish. Um, and in the middle of a competition, dislocated and hyperextended my elbow. And the stark contrast between literally showcasing what my body is capable of doing to, in that split second, not being able to tie my own shoes or put a ponytail in or any of those things. I was devastated, not only physically, which I would love to chat more about the rehab and prehab and how I, for myself with age have realized, man, I really did myself a huge disservice by not putting more time and attention on that before, because I think the body whispers for a very long time before it starts yelling and it's like, Hey, listen, so I would love to talk about that. But also I know I had centered my entire life around fitness. I was a coach. I taught other people how to do it. I worked in the fitness industry. I, you know, and I was saved in so many people's phones at that time as CrossFit lens or Lindsay CrossFit, whatever. And I felt like a giant piece of my identity had been ripped away with this split second injury. Have you experienced any of that or how are you, how are you wrestling that?
0: Yeah, I've experienced, um, you know, both of those things, just to be completely candid with you. Um, You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with anchoring part of your identity or anchoring part of what you value in life to physical fitness or physical prowess. I know that there's a lot, there's, there's currently like this woke fitness movement that's going on, which is a little bit like kind of talking down to people who invest a lot of time and energy into their physical fitness and, you know, make it a little bit about, you know, it's all, it's always being so vapid and it's all about yourself and, you know, why don't you just rest? And I understand that it can be a compulsion and it can go too far. And there are definitely downsides to doing anything too much, but I, I enjoy physical training. I enjoy not only obviously the physical benefits that I get from it, but I also enjoy the mental, the emotional, the social aspects of it that I've come to develop over the years. And, you know, you do end up starting to identify a little bit as being like a person who is very interested in physical fitness, and it becomes a main aspect of your life. I mean, a lot of the circles that you roll in, you end up hanging out with people who probably are living a similar way or interested in living a similar way, at least, or, you know, the person who you are with a lot of times ends up being somebody who's also interested in that stuff, because it's a major anchor for a lot of people. It's very hard to live these two lives where you have, you know, this serious desire to, you know, improve yourself mentally, physically, emotionally through physical training, and then have others around you. I'm not saying it's impossible, but then to have others around you that are going the opposite direction is challenging. You know, it, a lot of times it comes down to like a core, core belief for people. I really believe that. And, you know, it would be the same as anything else that's really important to you that in your life, you, you probably want to be surrounded by things and people that promote that. Um, you know, it, it was very hard for me physically when I noticed that my injury had become more challenging than just, Oh, this is, this is tight. This is sore. When it became a thing, for lack of a better term, when I couldn't perform a certain movement, or I couldn't do, you know, a basic human function with ease, you know, I couldn't, you know, squat down to the ground to pick something up. I was like, wow, this is really, really bad. This is completely changing how I have to think about my life, just not just my life in the gym, but also my life outside of the gym and how I'm able to move. And like you said, you go from being able to do one thing, one day bending over without pain to the next day. It's like, you feel like a decrepit old person who's never worked out a day in their life. And you're like, is this my life forever? Mm. And that was really challenging for me. Um, you know, and I, I had to come back to reality a little bit and be like, this is probably not going to be forever. This is probably temporary. You probably though, did a lot of things or didn't do a lot of things that are going to make this longer, this rehab, this recovery, this this journey that you have to go through from this point of incapacitation, for lack of a better term, is going to be longer because of the things you did do or didn't do prior. And this, this mantra that I've been kind of reciting myself in my head to deal with this anxiety about, hey, this is going to be a long journey. is like you have to get better the same way you got sick. You you can't just change it all in one instant. There's no magic pill. Just like there's no magic pill to getting really fit. Like you have to put in the reps. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the work. It's going to take a long time. It's a low trajectory to a distant horizon. And when you reach a point of significant injury, it's the same deal. You, You probably did something or ignored something or something happened that's put you in this position where you're no longer able to function the way that you want to function. It's unrealistic in most cases to think that that's going to change overnight by doing like every stretch that you could ever imagine, or, you know, going to see every PT and every massage therapist and every acupuncturist It's like, it's not going to happen within a short window. Your body fucking needs some time to heal and recover. So that's like the first battle for me was just understanding that I'm in this place and I got here because of certain things that I did or didn't do. It's not going to change overnight. I have to buckle down and understand that this is going to be a journey through a lot of probably ups and downs to get me back to the place that I want to go. But I understand there's also probably a light at the end of the tunnel. Now you have to counter that with obviously being smart and going to see the right docs and understanding like, Hey, is this really extremely significant? Like what's the grade of this injury? How badly is it? Uh, how bad is it? Excuse me. Is it surgical? Is it conservative based treatment? And, um, but for the most part, I think a lot of people, when they get saddled with injury, it's not often completely debilitating. I know that that can happen. Sometimes That's tragic. That's the fucking worst case scenario where it's like, this is life altering type of injury. But for the most part, when you're dealing with any sort of break or tear or strain or any other type of kind of normal course of athletic injury, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for you.
1: Yeah, here I am tying it back to, you know, mental health, but it feels very similar to the same way that we compensate with our bodies through physical injury, right? We start to compensate the same way through coping skills or things that worked for us in the past that we've created this really rigid path of how we deal with things. And all of a sudden it doesn't work, right? You start to recognize that, you know, in your case, right. The compensation actually led to bigger injury, right. Or when we're looking at coping skills or mental health, like how much of that led to isolation or how much of that led to behaviors or lifestyle realities that are no longer serving you. And so I like to think of it as almost like I might not be learning a whole lot of new stuff. I might be unlearning and unpacking a lot of the things that I thought were serving me for a really long time. So kind of doubling down on that and turning back to, there are times when there's too much good stuff, right. You know, there water is toxic at a certain level, right. Or a certain amount of intake. How do you think the, the narrative of the fitness industry, right. Of what is the Navy seal thing? Um, sweat is weakness leaving the body or all of these different things. At what point are people getting too much of that messaging and not enough of, can we be more intuitive and move mindfully and listen to what our body's telling us?
0: I think it's a balance, Lindsay. I I really do. You know, I, I, I think everybody gets motivated a little bit differently. Everybody hears what they want to hear sometimes and you tune into the messages oftentimes that you're, you're kind of seeking, right? So, you know, there's a bunch of narratives. You know, I, I kind of hinted at a narrative earlier about like woke fitness culture, and you know, I think you're hinting at a narrative here about this idea that, um, you know, the only easy day is yesterday, and like you have to grind through it, and you know, you're in pain. So good. Like, I, I really do think that there's got to be a balance between between those two things, and it's a balance that you have to strike personally. Um, I don't think there's any one definitive way that, you know, every single person is either intrinsically or extrinsically motivated, or, you know, um, will somebody look at, you know, Jocko Willink's type of narrative and the things that he's spouting and go, oh, well, he's toxically positive. And, you know, he's got this mindset that you should just train through everything. Yeah, there are probably a lot of people that look at that and say that, but there's also millions of people who have been motivated to get off of their ass because of what he's going out there and saying, and he's changed a lot of people's lives, you know, on the other end of the equation, are there people out there who are saying that, you know, yeah, you know, you, you do have to be more mindful of rest and you do have to be kind to yourself and you do have to take, you know, days off when you're not necessarily stressing about being at the gym. And, you know, well, some people look at that and say, well, that's just being, you know, a weak, a weak, weak person, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. But there's a lot of truth to that as well. There's a lot of truth in, in saying that, hey, you have to take a step back from this stuff. And it, it can't be all encompassing for you all the time. And you do have to rest because you will reach a breaking point. So I, I really truly do believe that there's a balance there. Um, you know, for, for me, I tend to be a little bit more on like, the Jocko side of things. I'm a little bit more motivated by that kind of thing. I like to work hard, I like adversity, I like being faced with thing adversity quote unquote with you know uh, air quotations around it because being in the gym and working hard is not real, real life adversity, it's simulated adversity. But that's kind of where I land in the spectrum is being a little bit more towards that side. And yeah, it serves me well a lot of times At other times it doesn't. And I think that this is a situation where I can look very um, unbiased at it and say, Hey, that mindset about just training through everything did not serve me well at this point. You know, I should have at, at, some, at some stage of this journey where I reached this state of incapacitation where I'm no longer able to function the way that I want to function. I should have taken more of a proactive step back and said, reevaluate what is going on here. Do you ultimately want to continue to push through this and see what's going to happen on the other side. Like what are the risks of doing that? And I've got to live with the decision that I didn't do that, which it just is what it is right now. So a long winded way of saying that, I think that there's two sides to everything here. I don't think that one is necessarily better than the other. Um, I do think that they both have positives, but they also both have downsides, you know, on the Jocko willing side, you're going to get lunatics like me sometimes that are going to push through the, all these crazy sensations and all this feeling and, and not read the this, this writing on the wall. And then on the other side, you're going to have people that kind of play into this narrative where they don't have to challenge themselves. Or they don't need hard work or, you know, life is meant to be always uh, positive and everybody's always supposed to give you everything that you want. Like they're both dangerous at the extremes.
1: Yeah. You... I know that you uh, read your daily stoic and I always appreciate all of what you share with your own comments in the margins. And for those of you that aren't following MDV, I, I highly suggest you do obviously we'll link all the ways to do that in the show notes, but um, something that you have always said since the day I met you was how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I've seen you talk that talk, walk that walk um, with your, your no BS you no know, bullshit lifestyle and how that's carrying over. How is that something that with the knowledge you have now, do you still carry that in the gym? And if so, has that, how has that narrative shifted to, um, accommodate for where you are right now in your training journey?
0: Well, thank you very much. Um, I don't always feel like I live that mantra as much as I want to. Um, I'm my, I'm my hardest critic. I'm, I'm super, super hard on myself. And that's, served me well in a lot of cases. And it's also not served me well in, in other cases. You know, it's, it's very hard to see that, you know, I've done a lot of things that are, are positive, or I've, you know, I've, I've truly lived up to my potential. I don't believe that a lot of times I, I look at, I look at missed opportunities more than I look at successful kind of fulfillments. Mm,
1: um, and I, I want I just, to pause there for a second ooh, and ask why, get how, did, how does that, how is that serving you? I don't know.
0: Um, it served me, it served me pretty well in my professional life and my personal life. Um, I guess there's been some mixed results in that if I'm really honest. Um, but professionally and scholastically, it's always been something that's driven me to never be satisfied with where I'm at. And, um, you know, there, there's a danger there too. You know, kind of like I was hinting back when we're talking about Jocko Willink, I think a lot of what he puts out is fantastic, but there's a danger in ultimately pushing past, where your limits are the danger in never being satisfied is that you can literally never be satisfied you can you can be achieving all these great things and you can have life around you that's you know prosperous and healthy and positive but you could always just be looking at the next thing you know always be looking at how much more can i do how much more can i earn can i push myself harder to this next limit and the danger there is you just end up not living in the present. You end up not appreciating the things that you've worked hard for. So I I think in the long run, you know, I think it's served me well. Um, It certainly has served me better than I think the opposite side of the coin would have, but there's downsides for sure. You know, there's times when I'm, whether or not it's uh, presently thinking about, you know, did I, did I, Did I not appreciate my health and my fitness enough when I had it? You know, now that I'm injured, it's very easy to look at it and go, you took all this stuff for granted, you know, instead of doing another workout, could you have done something that was more rehabilitative or would have been, you know, more fruitful for you? Um, And I think that that's just a lot of the human existence in, in a lot of ways, you know, I think that the challenge of the human existence, Lindsay, and this is getting deeper than I thought it was going to. Welcome to fight. get psyched, my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the challenge is to be fucked to live in the fucking present and to to not take for granted the things that you have in front of you. It's really easy to always be thinking about the future and how things are going to be so great. Or when I get to X status in X company, or when I make X number of dollars, I'm going to be happy. Probably not. You're probably going to get to that point and then you're going to go, oh, I wish I could make X after this. And then the other side of the equation is there's a lot of people that live in the past and get hyper nostalgic about the good old days and thinking about how great past relationships were, how good they had it. And the downside there is that you're not appreciating the people and the things that are in front of you right now. So it's, it's a really, it's really challenging. And I think that being present, having present state awareness and appreciating the things and people around you or the state of being that you're currently in is really important I would tend to look at the state of being that I'm in right now and try to appreciate it, but then also try to identify where I can be better and move forward. Um, But that's, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of sums it up.
1: Yeah, that was something I, you know, only, only in hindsight could I see it like this. So I don't want to downplay that When you are going through major injury and so much of what I named before of your identity or your values are rooted in being physically fit and active, it's very hard to see it this way. So I don't want to undermine that. But in hindsight, when I look back on my injury, I, in that it was the first time that I slowed down, right? My mind was always on when's the next competition, or, you know, if we want to dial it down even more more micro. It was like, what are my macros today? What's my meal timing? And that was how I was living, right? This really regimented, really scheduled life, which our nervous system really likes. We like structure. We like to kind of have some sort of sense of control. And through injury, it was like, I couldn't drive. I couldn't go to work. I was literally planted on my couch. And once I got through three episodes of crying through this is us, I was like, okay, Lindsay you've had your pity party. (laughs) What are you going to do about it? And it was the first time that I had really slowed down enough to identify what in life was serving me. You know, I had always told people that I did CrossFit so that I would never have a problem picking up another sport or that I would never question if I could make it through a hike or something that my friends wanted to do. And I had gotten so channeled into CrossFitting, I had stopped doing all those other things anyway, right? I was in the gym so much. It had gone to this opposite side of what my intention even was. And so I went back to grad school. I really aligned my life with what was important to me. What was my passion? What did I want to pursue? And that was never going to happen had life not stopped on a dime, had everything I know not shattered around me to some degree. And I think that kind of ties into what we're talking about, right? Like there was plenty of time that I could have been mindful or appreciated where I had gotten. That wasn't just a PR bell, right? That wasn't just cool. I have another, I have the opportunity to train for two hours today and it took life making me stop. So kind of getting back to before we went down the rabbit hole, how have you adjusted your view on no bullshit training to accommodate for, for where you are for appreciating mindfully for adjusting to injury and everything.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I still take that mindset into a lot of the things that I do. Um, I think that there's a lot of distractions out there. There's a lot of things that, um, we might choose to put our time and attention into so that we end up either avoiding, the real things that we need to dive into, or we end up avoiding the things that we know we should do, or challenging things. And, you know, there's also a lot of just crap out there in, in the fitness space, specifically in terms of what Instagram influencers are showing you or telling you that they're doing. And constantly, you're constantly playing this game with yourself of like, am I doing enough? This comparison game of am I? am I working as hard as this person? Am I taking the supplements that this person is taking? Am I doing the latest program that this person is selling? And to be honest, it's all fucking bullshit. It's all bullshit. A lot of it is bullshit. I shouldn't say it's all bullshit, but a lot of it is. And the reason is that like, there's vested interests in a lot of what these people are showing and telling you, you know, like, I think that that's one of the dirty secrets about the fitness space for sure, is that a lot of content out there that people are putting out, there's there's this end game that they're trying to play with you, which is either they're trying to get you to buy the thing that they're saying that they're using, or they're trying to tease you into the fact that you need this, this particular program, this is the only thing that's going to work for you, or their method of eating is the one method of eating that will get you the results that you need. The truth is that you have to work hard, you have to show up to the gym consistently and work hard. You don't have to go to the to a place where you get injured, you certainly have to take rest and you have to do so smartly and respect the journey, but you have to show up. You also have to invest time and energy into your nutrition, into making tough decisions, into not just giving into every whim of comfort and eating anything that you would ever want in any amount ever in your life. That's that's not necessarily going to lead you towards health. I, I think that you can have a balance there. I do think that it can go too far the other direction as well. But you know, if you're looking to be somebody who's going to, uh, you know, attain physical fitness and to be um, devoid of any sort of metabolic disease and, you know, not necessarily be on the path to towards a lot of things that can lead you to a really dark and dirty place, then yeah, I do think that you you shouldn't have time for bullshit. You shouldn't have time for all the different crap that's out there and the things that people are trying to sell you. So That's been a guiding tenant for me in terms of my outlook on fitness, nutrition, and life is I'm trying to cut through all of the nonsense that's out there and just do in my mind, what I think is most beneficial. And, um, you know, a lot of times that means for me is just simply getting into the gym and putting in a, a hard effort relative to what I think I need that day or where my body is at that day. Obviously, I've made mistakes there. We've talked about it for most of this podcast. The second area in which I'm really no time for bullshit is in my nutrition. I'm, I'm not trying to eat food that is quote unquote food that is just nonsense, chemicals, highly processed stuff that's, you know been put together by a you know, room of marketing executives who are trying to sell you this thing and make a lot of money. I'm trying to eat highly nutritious, unprocessed foods as much as I can. And, um, one, because I think that that's the best way to thrive. And number two is that there is a tremendous amount of value and enjoyment that you can have, in my opinion, from enjoying those foods and learning to love them. And then number three, in terms of like the things that are around you in your life, just not getting distracted by all the bullshit that's out there and, you know, worrying about things that you can't control or spending all of your valuable time and energy worrying about, you know, what is this person doing or what are they eating? Or, you know, I can't, I can't believe that I feel tired today and I have to take a rest day, but this person's out there training it's fucking all nonsense, man. It's all nonsense. The only thing that we can control are our own actions and reactions, our own preparation, our own react, like I said, reactions to things that happen to us in life and being able to really be clear headed about that. And Spending energy elsewhere, worrying about what other people are doing or saying is, is just going to lead you to a a path of disappointment or unhappiness. So I try as much as I can to live that out in my daily life. Um, It's difficult. It's not easy. um, But, you know, I, I think that it's something that's valuable.
1: Damn, dude. So you're saying I can't just keep rubbing CBD on my butt cheeks and putting a conscious quote and hoping for, hoping for you growth.
0: Might, you, <laughs> might, you might be able to grow your glutes with some super special CBD oil, but I haven't encountered it yet.
1: Uh, when you do, let me know. But uh, until then, I'll keep doing the, uh, dude, the other day, this is a tangent, but I did one of your NC flex lower body workouts. I did not walk right for like four days. And I was like, Damn. So this is not me being on my high horse saying that MDV overtrains this whole podcast because I clearly did it four days ago. I just started walking right. But um with that mm. approach, with no bullshit, it can be very easy to still find the mind wandering, right? Like still starting yeah. to scroll, start still playing the the comparison game or the what if or the I should have's, right. When you find yourself in that spiral, how, if you do find yourself there, how do you pull yourself out of it? How do you remind yourself of the no bullshit? That's a good
0: question. Um, You know, I've been quoted by saying a lot of times, I feel like the most undisciplined, disciplined person ever, or I feel like the most bullshit, not bullshit person ever, because I'm, I'm always constantly thinking about these things. Like, not constantly. I try to be better and better every day, but it, it creeps into my mind like it creeps into everybody's mind. I think that's, that's just natural. That's just how it goes down. And for me, when I'm writing these things or saying these things, I'm almost always talking to myself. I'm talking to myself and I'm putting it out there or I'm saying it out loud as a reminder for me. And then as a secondary value addition for anybody else who wants to listen or wants to hear it, who, who might be feeling similarly. I think that that's a lot of like, you know, sometimes I get shit on, on IG or Instagram where it's like, you know, oh, you you know, you're, you're preachy or like you're toxically positive or, you know, the way that you eat is unrealistic. And it's like, no, no, no. Like a lot of times I'm just, I'm saying the things that I need to hear in the moment. I'm saying the thing that is going to bring me back to my center where I know I need to be because when I'm outside of center, I feel completely out of control. I'm a person who really thrives on higher levels of discipline and routine and making sure that I do the things that I do so that I can have the freedom to do the things that I want to do, do the things I need to do to do the things that I want to do. And when I don't, do those certain things, whether it's every day or whatever I have to do for the week, my life feels like it's spinning out of control. And other people might look at me and go, well, you're crazy. It's not spinning out of control. You could like chill a little bit, but that's just how I feel. That's how I, how I do best. And I've, I've learned that over the course of fuck almost 39 years now of constantly just testing and retesting of like, what do I need to feel my best? perform my best, to be my best. And I show up best for myself and for other people when I do these things. So, you know, I need reminders, just like everybody else. There's, there's always stuff that I'm writing down. Like I just held up a post-it here to Lindsay and like, I write myself notes all the time. I'm constantly reaffirming the mindsets or the habits and the routines that I want to have. It's a constant narrative to myself. And, you know, I think that that's, Similar to any sort of like leadership journey that you might be on with, um, you know, people who are underneath you in any capacity, like if you're trying to set a standard for those people, you have to be constantly reminding them, always constantly reminding them how you want them to perform or how you want them to uh, exceed expectations and not in a micromanagement type of way, but like your leadership has to be constantly guiding them. And it, it, I almost look at it as like me leading myself here. I'm trying to constantly remind myself of the life that I want to live or the way that I want to live. And that's how I do it. I, I put messages out there for myself or for others. And, you know, I read daily stoic every single day. I try to reflect on that. And when I feel myself getting pulled in the opposite direction of getting out of my own head and into somebody else's or trying to get into somebody else's, I try to just be conscious of that. There's nothing, that i can do to influence that person's thoughts or feelings or actions i just have to worry about my thoughts my feelings my actions my emotions because when you when you spend energy on that on worrying about what somebody else is going to do you just end up for you end up neglecting yourself and then you end up not being able ultimately to control anything that happens on the other end
1: yeah When you, first off, there's so much to that. I think when I suggest mantras or post-its on the mirror or any of these things, right? Like we've all seen it on social media and sometimes it feels gimmicky or it feels too good to be true. Like, what do you mean if I say that in the mirror three times, I'm going to believe it at some point or any of these things, but it really is true. The studies are there seeing something in your own handwriting makes a difference in your brain than reading it somewhere else. Hearing your own voice say these things out loud, whether that is to a voice memo on your phone or your Instagram story, because guys don't act like you don't watch your own Instagram stories. We all do it, right? We all make sure. But those are all very, very profound and powerful. So when you were, because it sounds like you have a good compass on whether something is, in alignment with that narrative or whether something's not and getting you back to that path. Right. But how did you find that path in the first place? Right. How did you find what felt good in your body and your soul and your mind and your spirit versus, you know, people who might get stuck up in the narrative of, well, if I looked like that person, then of course I would feel that way. Or if I ate this way, then of course I would do that. Right. How did you find what worked for you?
0: Trial and error um, you know, a lot of messing up, making a lot of mistakes, constantly still making mistakes. You know, there's no, I don't think there's anybody on, on the planet who's perfect at this. I I really truly believe even the people who you look at on social media, who seemingly live the most perfect, happiest lives, the best fucking version of any life that you could ever imagine. I guarantee you those people are struggling with stuff. I guarantee you they're wrestling with issues that you might think you only have, but they are now somehow beyond. So I do think that, you know, there's just a natural human condition that, you know, we, we might have, you know, some insecurities about who we are, what we're doing or why we look this way, or why do I act this way? And, you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's, it's it's learning to be okay. Ultimately at the end of the day with who you are, right. And learning to, to love and appreciate yourself and being with people around you who also love and appreciate you. And that's something that I think everybody struggles with. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anybody's above that journey. You know, everybody at some level has a bit of, um, imposter syndrome when it comes to who they are in the professional realm. I think everybody struggles a little bit with their own identity about who they are in in a very personal and like intimate sense. And then, you know, when you combine relationships into that, whether or not they're professional or personal, you have a whole nother web of stuff to untangle about, you know, am I, am I truly being myself with this person? Um, And is this person kind of complimenting my best self, or in some way, am I fucking trying to be like a shapeshifter, where I'm trying to just give this person whatever shape that they want me to be? Like, there's an endless amount of that, and I I, I just think through trial and error, and still learning, and still being open to that conversation with yourself is important, um, and hopefully, we figure it out sooner than later. And I know a lot of people. Unfortunately, don't. I I think that a lot of people end up having a lot of regrets in life because they didn't invest time or energy earlier into figuring some of this stuff out. And it's not easy at all. I don't think that that's easy at all. Um, But I I do think that that's unfortunately the case. So, um, you know, I'm 38 turning 39 years old and Um, I've definitely been hit by like the mortality, uh, you know, like the, 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 the idea of mortality, like straight in the face, like three or four years ago, I wasn't thinking about it at all, but I think about it much more now. And I can definitely feel how it starts to make things a lot more real, you know, and I'm kind of getting into the woo woo side of things here, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm aware of it. And I'm glad that I'm going to continue to ask myself these questions because I know that there's a finite end. I think in your teens and your 18, 21, 23, 24 year old self, you're just operating like there's no fucking end in sight. Like this is going to go on forever. But you know the ride does end for us all. And I think getting into and figuring this stuff out while you still have a lot of length left in the rope, is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Mic drop. There's MDV <laughs> closing up the podcast. Like Man, every time I'm gonna I come on. I'm gonna you give you some <laughs> some ex- existential thing to think about for the rest of your day. But I think it's true. Um, you know, I think early, early Dan Savage work, he said something like, um, he's he talks a lot about relationships and partnerships, right? And I think this is something that you can carry on into any relationship, whether that's romantic work friendship um but that we kind of put our bet quote-unquote best self forward right this persona this person that we want this romantic partner to think we are and it said whoever you pretend to be for those first two months of relationship I hope you're ready to grow into that person I hope you're putting everything forward to actually become that person because that's who you are you know that is what you're attracting in is someone who expects you to be that and so um you know, that's in paraphrasing into my own words, that's something I look into, right? If I were to meet, you know, be it the man or woman of my dreams or have the perfect job opportunity and have to go in and interview for it, who is that person that I'm putting forward? And do I actually align with that? Do I actually believe in that? Is that my narrative? Is that my story? And am I ready to step up to that plate and be that person? Mm. Um, So MDB, I so appreciate it. If people are, wanting to follow the no bullshit lifestyle if people want to get connected they want to train like you they want to do all the things how do they do it
0: well instagram is one of the best places to find me at mdv underscore fit admittedly i have not been as consistent on that platform recently as i have been in the past um just struggling with a lot of things that i think a lot of other people struggle with with social media how much time and energy am i putting into it Am I really representing the things that I want to represent? And am I only showing you the best parts of my life and, um, you know, not showing you some of the stuff that's going on in the background. And that's just where I'm at with it right now. I'm sure I'll get back to posting in a little bit more of a regular fashion, but you will find a couple of post-its per week about things that I am putting uh, out there into the universe for myself. And if you enjoy them as well at MDV underscore FIT and if you want to check out my workouts, there's a link in my bio to check out my program, NC Flex, which is all about functional strength and bodybuilding. And of course, we're thinking about rehab and prehab a little bit more these days because it's on my mind.
1: Well, I so appreciate you being willing to talk about some of those other things in life that aren't always you know, the ones that we post on social media on today's show at it doesn't go unnoticed. And one thing that MDV so humbly left out is his podcast, the intro. Oh, yeah. So I've been on it a couple of times. Uh, one time. A couple times? One time? Yeah.
0: We got to have you back on again.
1: I'll be I'll be there at some point. But the conversations he has over there, I really appreciate because it's not just someone telling you, hey, here's what you should eat or should do or any of those things. It's very much conversational. And like I said before, MDV... Walk in the walk of his own talk. So thank you you so much. Really appreciate it, MDB.
0: Appreciate you.